Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now hey this is liz this is heather and we have our book club episode this week on the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy and it is full of spoilers so hit the music I'm drinking a very powerful uh, drink, and so I have to, I have to uh, alternate sips of it with water. Oh well, tell tell everybody what you're drinking today, because I'm boring and not drinking. Today. Oh, I forgot the name of it. It's like um, Lennon's something. It's a hazelnut. Uh, it's a hazelnut vanilla rare thing from Cigar City. That, that my, sounds gross. It's Is pretty. It gross? It's pretty good, but it's really really powerful. I still don't even. I'm looking at the bottle now, and I still. It, Marshall Zervovs? Zervovs? Yeah, it, it, it's Russian looking. Yeah, so which is probably racist. So Zerkov. Okay, know. it's an imperial stout. Um, it's uh, from Cigar City, who makes some really good beers. But who? Um, it will knock you on your ass. Like remember yeah, you, how we've talked about this in the past that some of these craft beers and Cigar City is getting a little big for craft beer, but. Um, it will knock you dead if you have two beers. Right. Like, they're so, they have so much alcohol in them. So I kind of like these ones that specifically, um, well, that was ma- a giant bottle of beer as well. That well, was not I, like just, a I regular didn't pour the whole ounce. bottle in. Is this, well, only- I know you're in, you've got your beer chalice going on there. Yes, I feel like a queen. We, we're going to take a picture and post this beer chalice. I think we may have posted it in the past, but oh, it's hilarious. Post it with the, with the beer that I can't yeah, pronounce. We'll, we'll post yeah. that on, uh, we've already posted that on Instagram because we're time traveling and, that's how radio works, apparently. So, all right. Good times. So, we're finally getting around today to doing our next book club episode. It's been a while since has we... It, has it been? What was our last book club? I think the last one we did was the Pride and Prejudice versus Zombies, which oh. was like the summer. It wasn't summer, was it? Uh, maybe October. Maybe mm. we... Because we had Kitty come in for that one. Yeah. And it may have been the beginning of... Like end of September, beginning uh, of October, but it's been a while. She has read the book, and um, she was going to be on the show, but she couldn't make it. Oh, that's okay. Uh, I don't want to talk about it more than once. <laughs> so, so this is actually such a popular book. Well, did I say what it was? I don't think. I oh, did. let's talk about the book. So, okay, our our topic today, our book club for today, is the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which was written by Douglas Adams in like 1979. And from talking to uh, to Opera Man here about this, because of course he's the lifelong nerd reader, um, it actually started out as a radio play, so kind of a War of the Worlds kind of thing, and then developed into the book, and then the series, yeah. and then the movie, or like a mini series, 
And then like 2005, I think, is when they did the the redo of the movie, the movie. with Martin Freeman in it and had Alan Rickman mm-hmm. as Marvin, the paranoid android. Um, so you listen to the I, audio book. The, the book itself is um, four of the radio plays, I think is what it was. The yeah. first four radio plays. And, but... But that yours was read by Stephen. Yeah, Fry. mine was read by Stephen Fry, and it was read by the novel on the novel. Okay, so so what I listened to because I've seen. Well, I tried watching the. Uh, this is my history with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I tried watching the uh, miniseries first. Oh, Paul I tried I, to show me that back in like 2011, maybe. Is that when it came out, or when did it come out? Oh, this one came out like back in the 80s. I don't remember. I mean, it was a long time ago. I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, there's a miniseries. Paul's got it, I'm sure, if you okay. are, are interested. It, be, it will be on Blu-ray. I won't be able to watch it. No, no, no. <laughs> it's it's old, so okay. it would be on like DVD, okay. so you should be able to watch it. Um, and I got through eh, the first 20 minutes before I just shut it off. That's like, no. No, so of the mini series that was what that probably was eight hours series. long. Yeah, I don't even know. I got basically to the point where they get sucked off of Earth and onto the Vogon ship. Oh, so that's not that's very like far. Five minutes in, you know, it's not very far. The um, uh, the audiobook was thirteen hours long. So that was the, the radio play uh-huh. of the first book is five hours. Oh, really? Yeah, because again, they're making the sounds and they're just, so there's a lot. They're not reading it; they're performing it. So uh-huh. it's a lot. Oh, and there's not the uh, like the. I kept fill-ins wondering why it was. Yeah, I yeah. kept wondering why it was taking you so long to get through it because I was like, it's five hours long. Like we, I listened to it, but I, I've come to realize during this project. Okay, I go back to my history because I got. Oh yeah, sorry, my sidetrack. So I tried to watch the miniseries, and I couldn't quite get through it. But I've always wanted to read this book. I remember my brother had it when we were kids. My we actually had the video game on our old Atari computer when I was a kid, and it was a text based game how could you possibly predict what text you're supposed to put in there with this i think it may have been multiple choice okay Uh, (laughs) but i'm not really sure uh but i I never really again i didn't really play that one growing up and then a couple of years ago paul sat me down and had me watch the movie he's like you're really gonna love it it's got a good cast and you like martin freeman you like you know you love alan Alan rickman so i sat down and watched it and i was like okay I mean, I really like Alan Rickman as Marvin. He he makes a really good paranoid android. I like Martin yeah, Freeman, but I just didn't, didn't I, get it. Yeah. I was just kind of a meh through it. And then I listened in, uh, I think I started back in late November, early December, listening to what he downloaded for me as the audiobook, which is what I asked for, the audiobook. He downloaded for me the radio play, which I did not ask for. <laughs> And, and so, bas- <laughs> well, basically what I'm listening to is like the movie. And I'm like, well, if I didn't like the movie, why would I want to listen to the, uh, the movie? I want the book. Mm-hmm. So I listened to that and still like it's one of those that I'm, I'm learning through this process that I am a much more visual learner and rememberer than I am auditory. So half the time I listen to audiobooks and things that I'm not super focused on or have to pay attention to. They kind of just are become white noise. Mm. And I end up doing something else and I come back and go, what the fuck? Like I can't figure out yeah. what they're talking about because a lot of times the voices are very similar or, you know, they're different characters and they have no idea who what who they are or what they're talking about. So this past week I've sat down and started reading 
the actual book. Uh-huh. And I'm getting a lot more out of the actual book and enjoying it a lot more than trying to remember what I listened to. So I've yeah. got notes. So Well, I um I did read that uh, that the Hitchhiker's Guide is like every variation is a little different. Yep. The radio plays are a little different from the novel. It sounds like there's a miniseries, yep. which I had no idea. It's a little bit different than this and that. So um, I knew about this book, The Hitchhiker's Guide, uh, in junior high. There was a lot of people read it. In mm-hmm. fact, I remember actually checking it out from the library, but I got like a second book or a third book, and I didn't quite understand it, and I just returned it. I, yeah. I didn't really get into it. Uh, I did watch the movie. I enjoyed the movie to an extent. I didn't go walk away saying, oh, that was bad. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't buy it or watch it ever again. But, right. you know, I, I remember watching it at the theaters and mm-hmm. you know it was good yeah yeah, yeah. so so we picked the book our friend uh friend on twitter seal has uh had recommended us to read this book as a uh, part of a help us figure out what to read kind of yeah. campaign he says he reads it all the time every year he says yeah and his his suggestion when we tried to decide okay are we gonna just do the first book or are we going to have to do the whole series and his recommendation was the whole series plus like a short story and we said, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> We're covering just the first book. Well, apparently, uh, it's referred to as a trilogy, and there's five uh, five books in it. Well, I think a couple of them were published after he died. Uh, I, think, I, think I, think it, I think it's part of his joke. I Is that, you know, it's the fourth book in the trilogy, the fifth book in the trilogy. Yeah. You know, my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in stage five of my third stage. I don't yeah. know. So... All right, you want let's talk a little bit about the plot. Yeah, I've got the plot summary here. Okay. Um and I think it's probably just I think I pulled it from like yeah. Wikipedia or yeah, something. Yeah, so, so we yeah, we I mean, we we know the basics. The we'll main- so basically we wake up um in the morning and we've got Arthur Dent and he is a Brit. Yep. Who is wakes up and, and is brushing his teeth and getting ready and he's looking out the window and there is a big yellow bulldozer sitting outside of his house. So he says, what the fuck? And goes outside yeah. and basically ends up laying down in the, in the dirt and mud uh, to, yeah. you know, lay in front of this bulldozer so it doesn't rush through his house. Because what apparently has happened is that the council of whomever decides shitty things and eminent yeah. domain has decided that they are going to put... As like a speedway uh, through the ha- through, through his house, like yeah. through his area, so that people can get from point A to point B faster, <laughs> while people who live in point C and D don't give a shit. Yeah. Um. So it, you know they're having a conversation back and forth. Him and the man with the bull. I don't remember. Yeah. What the, yeah. It was cute. I it didn't write that guy's name down, but it was actually a really fun little back and forth. And uh, he says, well, we, we've told you about it. It's been on file for six months or, yeah, you know, whatever. And he's like, yeah. So the first time I heard about it was yesterday when a man showed up. And I thought he was here to clean the windows. Mm-hmm. So after taking a fiver from me and cleaning the windows, he tells me that you've come to destroy my house. <laughs> and so I went down to the city archives or wherever to f- try to find this posted notice. And I'm doing air quotes while yeah. I do this as mm-hmm. we do because we don't understand how radio works. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He goes down to try to find this post that he says, and I found it in the basement that had no stairs. Yeah, and no power. Behind a locked door. I had to use a flashlight. 
Um, it was it, it was behind, in a bathroom yeah. marked uh, "Deadly Tiger" inside and like nailed in the bottom of yeah. a locked filing cabinet. So yeah. you know, posted in the loosest sense of the terms that someone actually yeah. may have put it on paper. Yeah. So th- that's that was the that was like so that's where we started, right? And then we then we learn about Ford Prefect. Okay. Then yes. it switches kind of the to Ford Prefect, who turns out that he's an alien and he's from been living Beetlejuice. He, from Beetlejuice and he's been living here for what, fifteen years? Fifteen years. He got stuck on Earth. He came to Earth and to write, for a week. Yeah, to, to write, write uh, to write for the uh Hitchhiker's, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh yeah. And so when he found out that the Vogons were coming, uh, is w- apparently he's got like some radio or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was. And he, I think it's the alien version of like a ham radio. Yeah, you just pick yeah. up whatever. And so he was, uh, and he knew that now the Earth is going to be destroyed because these are not the type of people to come and visit. Well, these are the, this is the Vogon Construction Company, and that's yeah. what they do is they go through putting in interstellar hyperspace lanes yeah. right through your planet. And so that's what, so it's perfect irony that, uh, you know, so that uh, Arthur Dent was dealing with this. I love that he, t- the first thing he does is he talks to the guy with the bulldozer, right? Oh, yeah, he's like, he Arthur, Arthur you've got to come with me to the bar, mm-hmm. the pub. And now you got to imagine this is like 11 o'clock in the morning, maybe 10, 11. And he's like, the pub, what am I going to go to the pub? This guy's trying to bulldoze my house. And he's like, okay, well, you guys are at a standstill, right? Yes, we are. He's going to lay there. You're going to, you know, mm-hmm. threaten to run him over. Is my, my favorite line is, do you know how much damage it will do to this bulldozer if I run you over? Hmm. No, how much? None at all. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, but so then he says, he, you know, so Ford Prefect is talking to the guy and he goes, okay, so he doesn't really need to, to be here for you guys to be locked in this standstill, right? You've already committed to standing here and he's committed to laying here. So he doesn't have to be here. And you're promised not to knock his house down, right? Uh... Yeah, sure. I'll promise that. Yeah, I, it sounded like, and they never really alluded to it again. But that Ford can somehow have a can convince humans of things, and it sticks with them for a little while. Well, and right? I think that's that was part of the thing with Arthur Dent as well, because he's like, "All right, why am I compelled to get up out of the mud? We're going to the bar." And then he's like, "Why am I sitting in the bar? Yeah. That I'm supposed to?" But he he does kind of, and he does it with the bartender, and you know, he kind of just yeah almost kind of just beguiles people mm-hmm. a little bit and confuses them. Yeah. And so they stay a little more compliant, which yeah. I think is a pretty good skill. Yeah, it's nice. Um, it's so not- they go to the bar and he orders <laughs> he orders six pints. Yeah. And there's some other guy at the bar who's like, hey, 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 you've got six pints. I'm thirsty. Maybe <laughs> I could. No. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's there for a reason. And Arthur Dent's house is getting knocked down at the moment because... Yeah. Apparently, once he walked away, he's like, well, why did I agree to that? That was dumb. Yeah. So he goes to get him liquored up a little bit because he knows that the Vogons are coming. He's got his uh, hyper yeah. space thumb, yes. if you will, so for it, hitching it, a ride. Yeah, it lets you just jump onto a, something flying by. Right? Yeah, somebody who clicks the button and you can just jump on because you're trying to, the hitchhiker is trying to travel the galaxy for... Was it thirty Altarian dollars a day? Less than thirty. A yeah, day? That's, that's his. That's, that's his supplement line. article yeah. that he's writing in there. So, uh, so basically, he, you know, they they come back out because now they've looked up. One, the house is smashed, so Arthur's throwing a little bit of a tantrum, and they look up in the sky, and there's flying saucers, mm-hmm. and of course, 
They've got the Vogons. And he keeps telling them to drink his beer. Yeah, right? Drink your beer. Drink your beer. Drink your beer. And he's just like, what is happening? So I guess he drinks the beer. Ford grabs the peanuts. I don't know how you could drink that much. But like, I don't think he got past the first one. British pints are, yeah. you know, like it's probably a Guinness or something. That's like drinking bread. It would be very difficult to drink like three of them. Yeah. Especially in a like two minute uh, yeah, that, and at 11. Well, I mean, it's kind of a breakfast. I have my breakfast <laughs> beers. They're going to be like a Guinness. Yeah. I love your breakfast cocktail. <laughs> just menu. We need, a, we need to post a menu on our website. Yes, like Heather's breakfast Yeah, cocktails. I know. If you don't have to work today, I've got you some I've got That you girl some on fire is totally a breakfast cocktail. Definitely. It should, they should be doing that instead of Bellinis. We should start that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyways, they come out and there's spaceships there. And the spaceship starts talking to the to the oh, Earth. Oh yeah, that's my favorite. And yeah. and basically, he's just spitting out the exact same stuff that the guy with the bulldozer was saying. Your planet has been chosen <laughs> for destruction <laughs> for an interstellar <laughs> for the <laughs> interstellar bypass. And the the plans have been on Alpha Centauri for fifty of your Earth years. <laughs> this really is a last minute for you to start complaining, like like anyone's <laughs> been done. What do you? You've never been to Alpha Centauri. Oh, well, that is not our problem that you don't travel. So so basically, Ford, you know, gets Arthur out of there. The, the Earth explodes. And all of a sudden, they end up on, in the dark, Yeah, somewhere. like in a cargo hold, it sounded like. Yeah, they're like. just somewhere. And so that's kind of where the real story picks up and begins. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really fun. So and, Arthur doesn't care so much that his house is destroyed now because the whole Earth is destroyed. I love him going through his reasoning. Like he's trying to talk himself through the process of what happens. He's like, the earth has been destroyed. No, can't wrap my head around that. No feelings about that. All right, let me start smaller. My house is destroyed. Well, I was upset about that because I liked my house. Um, The... uh, there was something that he mentioned. I can't remember now. Yeah, I mean, it's full of one-liners that yeah, really want to make that much. destroyed. Huh. Well, that tickles a little. My parents are destroyed. Uh, but then, and my th- sister. No, no, nothing doesn't matter. There. Yeah, that, like people that he doesn't care that much about. He's like, oh, that's and I not love that. Then he gets to McDonald's, and he's like, "There's no more McDonald's. <laughs> this is troubling. Like, <laughs> like this is where he starts to kind of freak out." And this is where Ford starts explaining to him what the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is. And, of course, it's, it's basically like an iPad, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, in 1979, had they in, had an iPad then. Uh, but it's in a slip cover, as most iPads are. And on the front of that one, it says in big red letters, don't panic. I love that. And I just love that he's like, well, that is the first logical and intelligible thing anyone has said to me all day. <laughs> And for some reason, you don't panic. Yep. It's like, oh, I've got the answers here. So then he's telling him, he's trying to explain, well, you know, this is how you hitchhike your way across the galaxy. And we've got this group, and I didn't write their name down, so I don't have them, the D, the D people, the cooks yeah. for the Vogons, um, hate the Vogons, yeah. and really like to annoy them at any way possible. Mm-hmm. They like hitchhikers because, one, they just like having other people around, and two, they like to annoy the Vogons. Yeah. So that this is the group that actually answered the hitchhike yeah, call. and brought them on board. Brought them on board. So now the big leader of the Vogons has sent out a search party because somehow you they can, know. You can tell if somebody's there's, on There's board. hitchhikers on. Uh, and so he comes down and they find them in the, in the hole. Yeah, wherever, wherever they are. Was, yeah. They're like in a galley uh, yeah. cupboard or something. 
uh, with weird mattresses that were once alive. And yeah, there was. A, there, I mean, that's that's <coughs> the. You know, we're talking about you know the overall plot, but uh, the details in it are, are what really, are yeah. the, that, those are the funny parts. Those are the parts that are making you laugh. You See, know, and these are the things for me that in the in the audio play. And even, I guess, if I were listening to the audiobook, that I would, that would probably kind of go right past me. Because I'm listening to the overall story, but I'm also distracted. I'm driving, I'm doing other things. I was, I think I was cross stitching at one point while I was listening, just trying to kind of get through it. And then when I was like, I can't sit down and talk for an hour about this, <laughs> then don't remember it. Yeah. I'd do better to just read the book on air. Cause, <laughs> yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. But as I went back and started reading, I was laughing at a lot of these things. Because yeah. I had totally forgotten about the mattresses and, yeah. you know, we're going to go into hyperspace now. And, okay, it's better to just curl up in a ball and... Oh, he gave him the Babel fish. Oh, the Babel fish. The, the Babel hilarious. fish is awesome. It's a, like a universal translator, but it's that, a fish. It's, it's like a, a leech, and and it just like it goes in your ear. Yeah, they stick yeah. it stick it in their ear, and basically, the Babel fish I think eats like feeds off of the brain waves, not of the person that it's in, but all of the people around it, and it and it translates it somehow it translates it basically eats through the extraneous information that is being projected towards the host and that somehow translates the necessary information into that person's brain well the, I, I like that they said that you know the the invention of the babelfish or whatever basically tearing apart every language barrier has created more and bloodier wars than anything else. <laughs> we understand you perfectly, <laughs> yeah. and now you're dead kind of a thing. Yeah, that was funny. You know, the Babelfish, uh, there's actually a software called uh, that's working on universal translation, mm -hmm. and they name themselves either Babelfish or just Babel. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, that would make sense. This has been around for a long time. So. Yeah. But I also like that, uh, that they try to use the... Uh, they have all these asides, especially if you're reading the book. They have yeah. these different aside little one-page chapters that will be like an excerpt from The Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. I was talking about the Babelfish um, basically being the definitive proof. That God doesn't whether, exist. That God doesn't exist because God says, you know, here I am. I am your God, but there is no God without faith. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. And he says, if I prove that I'm God, then then you lose God because you lose of the, because the faith part yeah. is yeah. And so it, and then it, then it says, and so and so didn't mind at all because they made a very good amount of money on their book, How to Prove God's Not Real Once and for All or whatever yeah. the title was. I didn't write it down. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's, they went into that a little bit more because they said, well, obviously the Babelfish is uh, part of divine intervention which proves that you exist and since it proves that you exist and you, you don't and, exist. and you cannot exist <laughs> except for through faith right. then um and god says is, oh crap and, and now he's gone yeah <laughs> so he he uh poofed away in a, a cloud of logic yes i like that <laughs> the cloud of logic so that's that's where we kind of get up to now they've come out of hyperspace and they're going six light years away from the earth mm -hmm. to i don't know whatever star which yeah. is basically a like an interstellar truck stop. Yeah, it sounded like. And by this time, <laughs> I you know the Vogon guy finds them. Yeah, right. And his job is to 
harass people or, mm-hmm. or to uh, Annoy, like to, to get rid of them. Yep. You know, he's just a torture. There, this is not a race of peaceful people. You just this is her. not an evolved race. No. They climbed out of the primordial ooze of their planet, and and just, God or evolution looked at them and said, "You are too ugly," and just walked away. Mm-hmm. So they should not have existed, but they did. Mm-hmm. They did not evolve. Until they made enough money to go have plastic surgery on their really ugly parts. Okay. So like a Kardashian, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Are they plastic <laughs> surgery up? I don't oh, know. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Some of them are anyway. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't notice. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so his job is now, one, I think he's tortured them a little bit or he's yeah. talked to them and yeah, that's enough. So, so that, yeah, that was the, that was another thing. It's like part of the torture is to um, read, spout, read poetry, poetry. <laughs> which is like considered like the third worst in the entire universe. And, but uh, one of the first two is uh, human uh, poetry. <laughs> and it was a name and it was, and I don't remember what it was like. It was like Paula and Finkelstein, blah, 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 of Essex in London, Mm. who is now since dead because the earth has been exploded. And I'm reading this thinking, I wonder if that's like Douglas Adams' first girlfriend that dumped him or something. that's funny. So, but yeah, so he reads the poetry and like their brains are turning into mush and all this stuff is happening. And he says, well, now that I've done this, you can either... I can throw you out of the airlock or you can tell me how much you love my poetry. Ha <laughs> ha. So Arthur Dent says, well, I actually rather liked it and started trying to give all of these uh, existential no, so, reasons behind it. And, so much bullshit. It was so funny. Yeah. And then when he would run out of something, Ford would jump in trying to make it better. And, and the guy's just kind of staring at him like, eh, I'm going to throw you out the airlock anyway. And then Ford tries to reason with the guard yeah. that is going to throw them out of said like, airlock. Why do you have to do this? Because he's running around going, resistance is futile. Yeah. Resistance is futile. And he's like, do you really like saying that? Do you get anything out of this? And the guy's like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, well, do you, you know, do you enjoy it? Does it bring meaning to your life? He's like, well, the hours are good. <laughs> the minutes aren't very good, but the hours are, I guess, good. And... I like yelling and I yeah. like stomping and I like throwing people out of airlocks. And yeah, that, I thought that was funny because it was like, well, what if you didn't? And he's like, well, then I wouldn't get promoted. Like, <laughs> right. you it's know? like, you know, I think there's much more yelling and stomping things that I could do as the sergeant of the whatever. Yeah. And so he throws them in the airlock. Yeah. And then they start, they start talking. He's like, well... You know, so we escaped off the earth only to, you know, be immediately die and then thrown yeah. into the thing. And of course, then you've got Ford who says, oh, no, we'll, we'll be fine. Look, there's a button right there. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to die in 30 seconds. So yeah, so that 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 part actually moved on to this one is my favorite part because so they were talking about the probabilities that you could possibly um, survive in space for more than thirty seconds, right? And, or and, the, and, the, to, the probability of getting picked to, up getting, in that thirty second window. And they went on to this uh, long math thing, and so like there's an infinite probability calculation, and it was like sixty nine, like three thousand, like three to the power of uh, like blah, 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 like blah, blah, so blah. many millions of uh, infinities. So it's like so ch- so resolute, but of course they get picked up. But but the reason but why, it, yeah, I like before they even get to the picking up part, they're like, which is the exact phone number of a woman that Arthur Dent. Almost got on with, but didn't at a party in blah, blah, blah <laughs> at such and such time. Yeah, that was funny. And I like, again, this is almost kind of like reading 
when we read The Princess Bride. Yeah. Where you've got these strange little asides mm-hmm. that have been thrown in that don't have necessarily much to do with the story, but they're they're entertaining enough that you're still reading them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. that was like uh that that is a good uh comparison because they're mm-hmm. really similar. And then um so of course it's basically an infinite probability, right? Mm-hmm. And so of co- course the ship that actually does pick them up runs on an infinite <laughs> uh infinite <laughs> infinite power machine or something and it sounds uh, infinite probability machine powered so basically the way i am pictured it is that somehow this machine uses infinite probabilities as a unit of measure well let me ask you this did your book or the the version that you listened to have the part about zaphod babel brocks the president of Mm -hmm, the galaxy mm -hmm. stealing the heart of gold yes and that's because the story that i listened to i don't think did. Oh yeah, mine so did. It was like it just picked up with them getting picked up, and then there was a little. Of yeah, I forgot in. about that. That was almost like the preface. <laughs> um, in it was, uh, it was quite funny, uh, because they, you know, they were talking about the fact that he uh, became president of the infinite universe, the galaxy. Uh, yeah. yeah, the galaxy, as a result of, uh you know, he just decided that he wanted to try one day. He just did it. Yeah. But, but they also really go through and state in that chapter that the president of the galaxy has like no, no power. power. He's like super much a, um, yeah, that's he's what I was, figurehead. His purpose is to distract people from the people that actually hold the real power. He was actually the inventor of the pan galactic gargle blaster, which is apparently like the best drink in the world. And I have to read you this quote because it says the effects of drinking, and this is directly from the Encyclopedia Galactica. Uh, It says the effects of drinking a pan-galactic gargle blaster is like having your brain smashed out by a slice of lemon wrapped around a large gold brick, (laughs) which sounds to me a lot like a night of drinking Goldschlager, (laughs) minus the lemon. Yep. But anyway, so yeah, it, it was uh, it it was kind of interesting. Like you know, his his rise to power, what really wasn't a rise to power, but he really wanted to steal this heart of gold. He just decided to. He just decided he was going to. And he had a girlfriend, and he thought it would be impressive too. He also mentioned that. And yeah, so well, while that's where so the... yeah, while he's at the ceremony, um, uh, what is it? You know, where you throw this slap yeah, the champagne bottle, christening, christening that's it. Um, that he uh, he just stole it and just surprised everybody. Yeah, he just took off with it, and they're all like, uh, "What?" And this infinite probability thing, because they say that the according to the Hitchhiker's Guide, the fastest someone has made it across the galaxy, which is like, what was it like five five hundred million light years from one end to the other, uh, was five years hitchhiking mm-hmm. through the you know however yeah. you do it to get there. This thing that the ship, the heart of gold, with its infinite improbability, whatever, basically punches through mm-hmm. the the known universe and gets you somewhere super fast. So apparently, twenty after twenty nine seconds after being ejected from the airlock, the Vogon airlock, they uh, Dent, Arthur Dent, and Ford Prefect were picked up by the heart of gold. Yep, and which is kind of. Appropriate and inappropriate because it is an infinite probability. It's a drive. Well, it the, the drive that drives it is infinite probabilities. And it was really kind of cool because um, 
it was actually not picked up by um what is his name again? I wrote him down. Zaphod Beeblebrox. Um, it was actually picked up by one of their uh, doors that have artificial intelligence to make <laughs> them. Like the doors are happy. Yeah. And they're like, they make a happy little whooshing sound. Whoosh, yeah. Thank you for opening me. <laughs> and the ship is brand new and it's all white and it's spotless. Yeah. And um, so they've, they've landed on it. But when they, when they first land on the ship, it's still going through this infinite probability loop and so it's still punching through universes and it's got weird they're on board the ship think of it like a star trek holodeck right yeah. i want to go to the seas of blah 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 and we show up there and it, the seas aren't moving but the buildings are washing yeah. in and out and now there's a they're in a pink cubicle with a slew of monkeys so it's getting less and less crazy and, yeah. and then it's just down to nothing yeah. So once they get back to normal, whatever the normal is. Yeah, that's uh, it, it normalized the probability. So we've got Zaphod Beeblebrox and Trillian, which is the name of his human girlfriend. Uh, she realizes that somebody that they've now picked up two strangers somehow, and they send Marvin to go pick them up and bring them back to the bridge. Yep. Now, I think that in this whole story, Marvin, the paranoid android, is my favorite character. He is my favorite. Hold on, though. I, mm -hmm. I wanted to talk oh. about, um, there was a, uh, a quote mm -hmm. during that determining probabilities yes. moment where he said, Ford, there is an infinite number of monkeys outside who want to talk to us about a script for Hamlet they've worked <laughs> out. <laughs> that was my favorite because that was like the last line of the chapter. Yeah, it was Fantastic. so funny. But uh, okay, so let's talk about uh, okay, so Marvin because he's about awesome. A robot, real fast first. Okay. Before we, because we're actually our next episode or one of our upcoming episodes yep. is on robots. So I pulled this line here, and it says the Encyclopedia Galactica defines a robot as a mechanical apparatus designed to do the work of a man. The marketing division of the Sirius Cybernetics Corporation defines a robot as quote. You're a plastic pal who's fun to be with. <laughs> okay. And I wrote a little note because I realized I can write notes in my ebook, which is mm -hmm. like a giant nerd thing. This is a great marketing line for our friends at Dogfin Radio who are talking about sex robots all the time. <laughs> so your plastic friend. Who's fun to, uh, your plastic pal who's fun to be with. Yeah, uh, yeah they do talk about sex robots. I every episode. Every episode? Pretty much. Oh, you guys. <laughs> it's John. Of course, I blame of course, you, John. Of course, we talk about penises a lot. We do, but that's okay. Yeah. But then the Hitchhiker's... So that was from the Encyclopedia Galactica on Robots. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy defines the marketing division of Sirius Cybernetics Corporation as a bunch of mindless jerks who'll be the first against the wall when the revolution comes. <laughs> With a footnote... <laughs> taking the effect that the editors would welcome applications from anyone interested in taking over the post of a robotics correspondent. <laughs> Curiously enough, and these are all direct quote, yeah. by the way, an edition of the Encyclopedia Galactica that had the good fortune to fall through a time warp from a thousand years in the future defined the marketing division of the Sirius Cybernetics Corporation as, quote, a bunch of mindless jerks who were the first against the wall when the revolution came. Okay. So, <laughs> Ta-da. That's <laughs> funny. So, okay. So let's talk about uh, Marvin though. He yes. is the, he's like, like the, like I, his role on the ship is just to kind of, he's a robot. Yeah. So he just he's does just things. He's just there to be a robot. 
So, and, but he is clinically depressed. Well, they yeah. they have um, <clears throat> excuse me they they have put this GPP system into him, and basically what it is, it generates an actual personality for an artificial intelligence. So the ship's computer's name is Eddie, mm-hmm. and Eddie is like, "Hello, what can I do for you today? Yeah. I would love to do that." And the doors are happy, so they've put this GPP into Marvin. Unfortunately, the personality that Marvin got is paranoid and probably clinically depressed. Yeah. So, like, he's a robot, right? But and, and in the movie, he's great because he's yeah. like got a big round head that's yeah, too it's big like for a his bobble. body. Yeah. He, but he has like the mannerisms, and he's kind of slumped. Yeah. Like you never see C three PO slump unless yeah. they turn him off. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he just and he's like, <sighs> and, and they're like, oh, we need you to go get these guys. And he says, my brain is five million times more important and better than yours, but I guess I can go get them. (laughs) He's just, okay. And then he's the, goes to get them and they, they're like, what is wrong with you? I am depressed or whatever. My joints hurt. My cogs hurt. And this door's about to be happy. Yeah. Cause (laughs) he hates the happy doors. I love it. He hates the happy doors. He's like. You know what happens when we walk up to this door? They're like, what? It opens and it's so smug about it. It's just, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Yeah, like he's so just cute. out of his mind, not happy to be yeah. there. He's the exact opposite of, of the, uh, all of the other personalities. Right. All the other personalities. They got the good stuff. It's like twins. Yeah. <laughs> the leftover genetic crap. <laughs> so they, uh, Marvin takes them to the bridge and it's funny because Ford is a semi-cousin. I don't know what that means, but because uh, Zaphod Beeblebrox is actually from Beetlejuice 5. Oh, yeah. And he's related. That Ford is from Beetlejuice 7. He's like, hey, what are you doing here? And he's like, ugh, you. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then Arthur knew him, too. But Arthur's like, we've met. <laughs> and, and Ford just for like 20 minutes is like, what do you mean? <laughs> no, no. How could you possibly have met? He goes, no. He crashed a party, a very fancy party that I was at. And he came over and, well, you know, to be honest, I wasn't really getting on with her that well. But he took her away saying that he was an alien with a spaceship. And she walks around the corner and goes, well, technically he was. Yeah, he didn't lie. So the girl (laughs) that he had, you know, been trying to hit on at this party is in fact, her name was Trisha McMillan, I think. I have her name as Trillian. Her name is Trillian in the story, oh. but on Earth, because she's from Earth. Oh, yeah. Um, her name was Trisha McMillan, and that's who he's trying to get to. And then they find, they're like, well, how in the hell do we hit this infinite improbability of picking up these two people from Earth, and she's from Earth, and with this huge gap of how, how the fuck did we do it? Um, and there's no fucks in this book. Yeah. That I know. They're all me. Sorry. <laughs> that's just how it goes. Um, just in case you're worried about your kids reading it. The the uh, book gives don't. no fucks. There's, it gives no fucks. It has no fucks. We're a little sad. Um, but so basically the computer goes, well, you know, there is a very strong probability between phone numbers. Because what they find out is, is like as they've already told yeah. us, the, the probability of this happening turned out to be Trillion slash Trisha's phone number mm-hmm. on Earth. <laughs> so yeah, to, the fact that they did know each other. Yeah. To yeah. the it still was to the tenth to the blah blah blah. The two million. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like ten to the power of two billion. Yeah, it was crazy. It was funny. 
very long. Um, so anyways, they're all now on the ship mm-hmm. and they're confused and they're doing whatever. Yeah. And Arthur's just tired. So he just goes to bed. Yeah. Like everybody else is up worried about this, that or the other. Yeah. He's just going to bed. So, uh, they do mention that Trillian has brought her, because she's actually an astrophysicist, yeah. strangely enough, as you do. Uh, she's brought her two white mice with her. Yeah. And they are on the ship. And Oh, and this is, oh, yes. We're, we're going to get yeah, to okay. this. <laughs> the mice will come important later. Um, but as for as of right now, they, they have punched a hole through wherever. Yeah. And now they are orbiting uh, this legendary planet that's known as Magrathea. Yes, and Ma- Magrathea is one that um, it's a it houses. It's basically a corporation that makes other planets. They make luxury planets. Yeah, and so to it, your exact specification. Yeah, so it was a definitely a luxury item. And but they've so, been closed for like five hundred million years. Exactly, because you know, it's, as the economy goes yeah. down. Uh, you don't have your money to no. buy your ca- custom planets. And that's so, right. so well, they just know, went out of and business. That's, it's just how it goes in a recession, exactly. a universal recession. Custom planets are income inelastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. So the um, they they decide they want to take, well, okay. So there's this whole thing going back and forth between Zaphod and Ford. Well, Ford says this is a myth. Because it's been closed for 500 million years. So now it's just become a, a children's story kind of thing. Um, I, you know, I guess this is where all the rich white Republicans go to buy their yep. interstellar, you know, vacation planets. Uh, but now they want to go down. Zaphod wants to go. Ford mm-hmm. still thinks it's not real. So yeah. they're just at a planet. Like he, yeah. the computer's like, oh no, this is it. La 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 la. Don't you want to go? Oh, by the way. And then all of a sudden, so they start getting into the atmosphere a little bit and they start getting... They hear a recording. Yeah. Thank you for coming to visit Magrathea, the home of your luxury planets, blah, blah, blah. We are currently closed for business. If you would like to leave a message at the beep, we will get back to you as soon as we can. Thank you. And so they're like, well, that was weird. And then they hear beep. But they're like, well, that was sent 500 million years ago. It's fine. Just keep on going. Thank you for your continued interest. <laughs> and it it gets a, it starts getting a little bit more no, menacing a little as aggressive, it goes. Yeah. And then it finally says, wow, you certainly are persistent. We have sent two nuclear warheads to blow you out of the sky. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Thank you. And then they're like, oh, well, it's a recording. That and didn't it's happen. Like, and like, those aren't still good anymore, right? Yeah. But, you know. like, that's not going to happen. It's... <laughs> So all of a sudden they realize on their screen that they can see these two silver warheads that are getting closer and closer and closer. And they're like, take evasive maneuvers. And Eddie, the computer's like, no, <laughs> I'm not go- I'm not built for that. I'm not going to do that. Do they try to switch it to manual? Yeah. And they get flipped upside down. Yeah, they basically just slap the infinite probability button at that point. Arthur Dent does. Yeah. Everybody else is like, we can't do that. We haven't made calculations. He's like, fuck it. And yeah. just hits the button. And all of a sudden, the missiles turn into a sperm whale. A sperm whale and, and, and a thing a of petunias. petunias. A bowl yeah. of petunias. So what I love is the is the description of what's going through the sperm whale's mind as it pops and, into existence. And Stephen Fry did this excellently. <laughs> it's so funny because it's it's like, what is happening? Where am I? Oh, what is this on my face? It's like it's like 
I don't I don't know what to, I'm just gonna call it wind for now. And there's yes. there's a lot of it. And, and I, look at me flipping my what is this? It's a I'm gonna call it a tail. It's, look at me flip. I mean, if it's not going and it's anywhere. It's so happy. It's so happy. It's so happy. He's like, what is this rushing towards my I don't know, what is this? We'll call it a face. It's a head. It's a face. Something is coming really fast. Splat. Yeah. It was so funny. <laughs> and he just, you know, did you know and the thoughts be, were no more. Because a sperm whale flying towards the planet's surface does not end up well. No, it does not end well. The petunias, I think, just broke. I don't yeah, think there was yeah, any they, thought process to yeah. petunias at all. Uh, so they, when they've landed, now, okay, they they can you know, they tell you again before they start the scary part of the chapter, yeah. just so you won't be too concerned that pretty much the only things damaged is a pot of petunias, and an unfortunate sperm well, and someone gets a bruise on their shoulder. <laughs> like this is the yeah they tell you all this in advance, That's and funny. then apparently the mice have escaped during the crash landing. Yeah. So they are, and I don't know that they really even crash landed, did they? I don't know. Because they fly off. Yeah, I think I think that yeah. they just was an abrupt landing. I think they just an abrupt landing. And now they've gotten out, they're going to look around, and the planet's dead. Yeah. Like there's, and I like how there's only an inch of like ash. Like yeah. it's just, like it hasn't, for 500 million years, you get an inch of dirt. I got more than that <laughs> on the top of my bookcase. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that right now. So... <laughs> So it's just kind of like they get out and they, you know, wander about as you do. And uh, most of them are like, okay, great. We came. Let's get the fuck out of here. And so uh, Zaphod has wandered off by himself and realizes that the crash landing of the sperm whale has created a giant crater. And that apparently the people of Magrathea had lived majority of their existence underground. So with the crash landing of the sperm whale, they have found, uh, oh, should we say that this podcast has spoilers in it? Oh, I think so. I think it's that we'll, anyway, we'll say it. Yeah. We've got uh, it. So but anyways, when the, the, the sperm whale crashes, creates this crater, it busts open one of these tunnels mm-hmm. that the, uh, whoever had, the yeah, inhabitants lived in. yeah. had lived in. So Zaphod wants to go down yeah. and explore, but he leaves Arthur Dent and Marvin, the robot, to guard the entrance. He's like, I thought you said nobody was here. He's like, just in just case. Just in case, just, just for case. safety. Safety, you never have too much safety. So then uh, that's about where I uh, finished uh, reading yesterday. But I'm still, you know, yeah. I remember the rest of this. Well, uh, you know, that's when they <laughs> run across. I forgot the name. I got it. What are, name the three people they run across. Oh, I can't name three people. Um, oh, but there so, were three. Well, I don't know. This just says... Once they are taken into the planet's, planet's center, mm. um, they come across the man. <laughs> they all have Slardy Bart. Uh, Slardy Bart fast. Slardy Bart fast. Yeah. So Slardy Bart fast, I guess, is running the center, and there is the supercomputer that yep. lives in the center of this planet, whose name is Deep Thought. Oh, I love Deep Thought, which just sounds like the start of a porn, so, doesn't it? Yes. I just, <laughs> So, <laughs> so yeah, Slardy Bartfast yeah, is running deep. 
and you know, Sari Bartfast is also very proud of Norway because he created Norway. Yes. He actually created the first Earth, and they didn't. Ex- they explained that Earth was created actually as an answer. It is a supercomputer. I think it was it's a, 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 a supercomputer. Okay. It's, it's a supercomputer to ask the question of the ultimate answer that Deep Thought had come up yes. with, which everyone knows the it ultimate is. answer to life in yes. the universe and is everything. 42. Yes. And so, yeah, none of them had thought about, well, maybe we should ask what, uh, what yeah. is the question? I know the question. Paul told me the question because it's not in the book. Okay. But it's terrible. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, so yeah, Earth was actually created as a computer. And I love Deep Thought, though, because he's also self-aware. And he's yeah. like, well, I'm not the smartest because something's going to come after me. And mm-hmm. I know that this going to come after me. So he's predicting Earth already. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so now the Earth is destroyed, Slarty Bartfast is kind of pissed off too, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. that was his thing, and he made the fjords. He was yeah. pretty. Pr- he was pretty proud of his fjords and his well, glaciers. They, yeah, and they start talking about. Uh, he got you know, an award. They start talking about you know how the apes, if you will, the yeah. descendant of the apes. So Arthur Dent and you know all of us who are again not apes. Yep. we are descendant from the same common ancestor. We had this talk before when Heather went on her uh, rant about. Um, Apes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's I love it's that an, our podcast has a rant about apes. You know what? It's important. It is. Stop important. telling your kids that things monkeys. that primates without tails are monkeys because they're not. All right. I thought monkeys had tails. No monkeys are, but if you don't have tails, they're not monkeys. Right. Well, so that makes them an ape. Well, there you go. I'm so they go. It's like they're assholes. It's not like a not important distinction. It's not like sea lions and seals. They're the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like one just has better arms than the other. <laughs> well, anyway, back to this book. And they start talking about the intelligence of these beings on this planet Earth that they have created to solve the question of the answer of 42. <laughs> and they start talking about uh, was the dolphins. Oh, yeah. the do- uh, They actually talked about the dolphins way early in it, that they had predicted the... Um, uh, the demise right. of uh, Which, and, well, they left and they said goodbye and thanks for all the fish. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, but it sounded like um, them singing "Star Spangled Banner" or some shit like that. <laughs> it was funny. so funny. So funny. Uh, and yeah, they also said that the dolphins always considered themselves smarter than humans, mm-hmm. and humans always considered themselves smarter than Everything. dolphins because yeah. all dolphins did was uh, play around and loaf in the sun and. And um, dolphins thought that humans were not as smart as them for the exact same reason, because they didn't do that. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. I have this thought that comes through my head every time we have to, like, pay bills and rent and stuff. And I say, you know what? We are we consider ourselves as humans to be the most intelligent and involved species on this planet. We are also the only species on this planet who has taken basically the right to live for free on the planet you were born on and made it something you got to pay for. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Dogs don't pay rent. Apes don't pay rent. You know, like, like why would we, being so incredibly smart as we are, decide we are going to put all of this bullshit into place that makes us have to do things other than frolic and play in the sun? I have an answer for you. Okay. Because a human nature requires that, this is a Voltaire thing, is that not that you are equal to somebody, but that you are better than somebody. So I am better than my dog because I have to pay rent? No, no. Other humans. So we have created currency so that we can compare ourselves to other people. So that we can be better than. Stupid. It's stupid. This is what I'm saying. Dumb. Yeah. 
You dumb, know what? Dumb, if women dumb. ruled the world, I bet it wouldn't be the same. No. <laughs> it wouldn't be the same at all. We so, would not be having the same conversations that are being had on this planet right yeah. now. So. Yes, our currency would be tampons. <laughs> Just kidding. You, you know what? It would be that uh, because it would be down between a tampon, uh, a pad, which yeah, nah. it's a it's a it's a non rolled up tampon. That <laughs> started uh, and a uh, those think panties. You know the no. the now the period yeah. panties. Which I would be interested to hear from if someone they were, who has tried that. I would be interested too, but I'm not willing to try it for $35. Well, a pair this, plus shipping and handling. This is, this is what I think is awesome about those those particular things. Those oh my God. You know, only men are listening to the Hitchhiker's Guide podcast and we're talking about period panties. Suckers. <laughs> we suckered you in with this. But I'm sorry. Okay, then I will write down period panties and we will discuss them later. Okay, we're going to write down period panties. I am writing it down because producer Craig has told us to stop telling weird stories and interrupting each other. And uh, now we're writing okay, it well, down. So, okay, we're going to do that, the things I don't get in our things I don't get segment. Do you have no, a things we don't get? No. Do you get them? I don't I get do. them. I get them and I get why they would be awesome and could take over the world in an awesome way. And I will get to this. That's why I wrote it down. Cause okay, we'll, to talk it to, we'll talk to anything else. Anyway, all right. You know, if we're going to forget later. this. I'm not. I wrote it down. All right. In purple. Okay. So. <laughs> so, okay. okay. We, we, so, we, the, the we, humans think they're the smartest. The dolphins think they are the smartest. But what we find out. Oh, yes. Is that it is neither. Yeah. And neither did humans create anything. Yeah. All of this has been generated. Uh, apparently, we find out that trillions missing mice are actually part of the group of sentient and hyper-intelligent super beings that had the Earth created in the first place, rejected the idea of building a second Earth because they said, oh, hey, we blew up the one that might have had the question, so maybe we make another one. And they offered to buy Arthur Dent's brain oh, instead. Yeah. Yep. To which he politely declines. declines. Okay. Uh, <laughs> And then they get in a big fight. Yeah. So the reason why they were talking about the mice is like, well, no mice are dumb. You know, we put them in mazes and we and we use and we use that to determine their level of intelligence. And they're like, you sure about that? And then, oh, maybe they're running these mazes to determine our level of intelligence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> How many times you gonna put me in this maze, stupid? <laughs> so. Um, Okay, you're gonna have to help me out because okay. I didn't get to finish detail all. This. Okay, so yeah, the um, well, the brain thing. He's so he, they, it they, comes down to a, a fight. Yeah, he just sorts. yeah, and Zaphod has to save him mm -hmm. uh, while his brain is about to be removed. Yep, uh, and he and does. That's, he does. Uh, yeah, he saves so, him, and and then they hop back, and then up. they decide to go to the restaurant at the end of the universe, and then it's the end of the story. Ta -da! So, yeah. But okay, so so I was kind of pissed off about the cliffhanger because I didn't know about it. Douglas Adams, <laughs> who may in fact be dead, and I believe he probably is. But if you're not, you, sir, and think, Veronica Roth, is. sir, are pissing us off with well, your dumb, dumb cliffhangers and weird books. Well, uh, okay, don't put them in the same category. Mm. You know what I mean? I just, I'm, I, I, I find <laughs> Douglas Adams stuff. Well, it's funny. Uh, it's for one. funny. So I have, so I've got some comments on the whole, um, the, 
I did not like the I did not like the cliffhanger. By the way, I'm just checking right now to see if Douglas Adams is dead. <laughs> because we really should I think have known he that. Is. I think Paul told me he is. If not, it's Paul's fault. Yes. How so, slow is your Google? Jesus. Hold on. I don't know. They, uh, there's a picture of him. What does he look like? Is he oh, hot? yeah. He died in 2001. Told you. <laughs> Not hot. But he's an no. excellent author. <laughs> 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 so I found, this is how I, when I read it, um, I, I, I loved that the answer to everything in the world is 42. That mm-hmm. sh- cracked my shit up, right? Mm-hmm. Everything in the universe. I found that it was thin on plot. Like we just talked about the plot and we went on several asides and we're only, yeah, there's, there really no plots, but, um, really excellent writing in the mix. I was laughing a lot, but it really didn't have a lot to do with the whole story. And I don't know if it really was needed. I mean, throw a little thin plot in there and, uh, well, and in a a short, you know, it's not, it's not really, not long at all. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm looking at it, and it's uh, on my ebook with mm-hmm. a fairly small print, it's 203 pages. I don't know oh, what yeah. it is in actual print, yeah, because yeah. that changes from every version of print. But, but the front of my my ebook says with 92 extra pages of stuff. So wow, yeah, I was like, I, I haven't even gotten to the 92 extra pages. So of it's stuff, 200 but, and something with 92 extra. Yeah. That ing- so it's only so it's 150 short, yeah. books. Pages. It's a short. It's a short book. It's like little pamphlet books. Yeah. I think that I will invest in... Um, I have all of them. Yeah, I think I, I will I think I think will read the rest of them. Well, or listen to them on tape if Stephen Fry's doing them because... He's not. Martin Freeman does the rest of them. Oh, I'll, so I'll, I'll, like ta- them. I'll take yeah. Martin Freeman, yeah. Um, I might check them out from the library if I can find them. Yeah, I'm not going to buy the too. audio. Yeah, my dad's been doing it. We finally figured out how to work it. On yeah. his, stuff. I did it up until my now my thing expired, so I can't do it. I gotta oh. go get it renewed. I actually have never did gone to the library. No, I went to the library. I took Maddie uh, to the library a couple months ago because I was trying to find a quiet place to tutor, and I wanted to get a library book so that I could do the ebooks or do the the audio books. My library, and I don't know if this is all library. Yeah, you're in, in a different area. county. Than I'm that. in Galveston County. I'm not sure if Harris County is the same. My library. Once you get to like. Like when your library card is new, so say like that day, you can check out five books. And I was like, well, five books is a lot. Cool. She said, but after that, so I don't know, like day two, you can check out up to 99 books at a time. Wow. Real books, like actual books, because I think they have a number on the the ebooks and the whatever, but it's like e- five or 10 or whatever. I mean, it's still a good number. Yeah. 99 books. Who is going to the goddamn library and checking out night? I mean, maybe if you're working on a thesis, but even then, do you have to bring a wagon? Do you I, have how to do you bring even a get truck? Out of there, yeah. How do you bring 99 books home? I mean, I guess you don't have to take them all out at once. If you had, let's say, 10 a day for nine days, you would have, you know, yeah. 90. But yeah. and you, but you still only get two weeks on them, so yeah. or three weeks or whatever it is. I'm like. That's that. That's the problem with what? those. Um, so the ebooks you can renew. Um, this, from what I can, if they're not on the list or you, something. Yeah. You, well, you can renew them, uh, like twice mm-hmm. before you have to put it back. But the audiobooks you can't renew. You can only mm-hmm. renew them if they're not on the list. Like you okay, were saying. Okay. So, um, my dad got my brother bought my dad a uh, Kindle Fire no Kindle Paperwhite for Christmas so that mm-hmm. he could get back into to reading. Yeah. He's got a library card because he doesn't buy books. So he's got a library card so he can download 
the books to the Kindle and read. Apparently, the man does not sleep at night because I also showed him how to do the Goodreads reading challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and if any of you guys are on Goodreads, you should look at least me up. I'm not sure if you're on there or not. I am on there, I just um, but I'm not on any challenges. Like, I've got my reading challenge for this year set at 40 books. I read 30 last year, 25 the year before. This year, I upped the ante a little bit. So I set my dad up on this, and he used to be a huge reader. My dad's been retired for quite a long time, and uh, he used to read just you know, hundreds of books a year just because it lived on a sailboat. It's like, what yeah. else do you have to do besides sit around and read or listen to audiobooks? I would watch him watching TV, listening to an audiobook, and reading a separate book. Uh-huh. So I'm like, how much of this actually gets in your brain? Yeah. I don't know. So he had said his to like 12. Yeah. Just thinking, you know, just getting into the groove of reading again because he's been on a TV kick for the last couple of years. It is, as we are recording this, it is February's. February 19th, and the Goodreads Challenge starts January 1st. He has read 24 books. Wow. And again, some of these are audio, because we finally figured out how to get him audiobooks downloaded. Yeah. And, but most of them are just books that he's checked out. And, and I'm not talking little books either. I mean, we've got Dan Brown books and like, you know, oh, yeah. novels and stuff. Has he read the... Um Pillars of Earth series yeah. by Ken Follett. Yeah. yeah, I have yes. I I I have them on my list, but they're way too much. I have right them. now. Apparently, I, they're I good. Go, uh, if you look at my list right now, I've read like three celebrity memoirs. I think I'm on book s- seven. I've finished seven. I'm also reading uh, Nelson DeMille's Charm School, which is the longest fucking book on the face of the planet, right behind uh, American Gods. And I'm that like, was a long book. A long I really want to see. I really want to see that miniseries, but it's on Showtime. Showtime. Yeah. Why doesn't Showtime have an app on my Apple TV like HBO does? That would be awesome. Get on they, it, they, Showtime. They do in, on Amazon. You have to buy it on <sighs> Amazon. Well, I don't want to buy it. If I want to buy it, I'd buy it through iTunes Showtime, or whatever. Yeah. Um, ooh, the new Planet Earth dropped today. Oh, yeah. Planet Earth 2 is uh, dropped on iTunes today. And the new episode, new, yeah. new season yeah. of Swamp People dropped on Thursday. So... Yeah. Welcome to my world. I mean, that's reading alone because it has to be all subtitled. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Fortunately, I I speak a good Cajun French, so I I understand, and I also just speak mumbler. Yeah. I speak toddler fluently. It's like the I boom howler. Yes, I've got a cousin that calls me, and I have I, I pick up maybe sixty percent of what he says just because he mumbles. Um, anybody who mumbles, I can usually pick it up, and people are always impressed that I know what their toddlers are saying. And like I, I'm like the doctor. I speak baby. I, yeah. I get it, but it's just beca- it's just years of ear training towards understanding people who are not enunciating themselves. I understand people with foreign accents better than a lot of other people. I think I've told the story before. My ex husband's family uh, took us to Mexico, and we stayed in a in a house that had a uh, like a housekeeper, cook, uh-huh. and uh, kind oh. of a fix it guy. Yeah. And they spoke English. They spoke beautiful English. They had an accent. They have a heavy accent because they live in Mexico, and that's what happens. And so they would ask us questions, and they would say, you know, hey, what time are you coming back from your, you know, your adventure today so we know when to have dinner ready? Uh, do you want anything, you know, different or special? <laughs> His entire family would just stand there and stare at them like they had foreheads. Because and I'm looking at them going... I, I looked at them, I said, they're speaking English. And they're like, what? 
And I'm like, and they're doing a good job of it. Quit being assholes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had to translate English to English for dummies. So <sighs> that's funny. Yeah, I was like, ugh. I was I was pissed though. I was like, listen, white fucker. Yeah, you, you need to listen more carefully because these people are doing a beautiful job of speaking our language yep. in their country. This yep. is not like they're here. Yeah, you know, and we can go. Oh, well, you should learn how to speak English because mm-hmm. we're dickheads. Yeah. You're in their country, dickhead. Yeah, yeah. You should learn how to speak yeah. your own language in their country. So. <laughs> oh, hey, okay. look at this. I got okay. I got a new uh, Apple or not Apple Watch. I got a Fitbit this yeah. week, mm-hmm. and it sends my text to my arm. Uh, but I kind of almost feel like I'm having a stroke half the time because you don't know what. Vi- the- I'm not used to vibrations on my wrist. You'll like start that. feeling vibrations when it didn't do a you goddamn know, like, thing. The phone, you know, the phone has really desensitized me to the phantom vibration. Yeah. Because I get that a lot, and I end up just like patting myself down. And then you realize toe. your phone is right in Phone's front of you. Across the street, yeah. it's in my hand. It's, yeah. You know. Yeah. There's no phone too. to ring, and it's still vibrating. Yeah. So I think it may just be early onset of like epilepsy. No, everybody's doing it, <laughs> but it's it's very weird. So I have two more quotes from the book okay. that I really enjoyed. Oh, I too. Um, that I really enjoyed, and I thought I'd mention it here. So this one um, is the one that uh, when they were about to be thrown out of the airlock. So it says, "You know," said Arthur, "in times like this, when I'm trapped in a Vogon airlock with a man from Beetlejuice." about to die of asphyxiation in deep space that I really wish that I'd listened to my mother, what she told me when I was young. And uh, so uh, Ford says, what did she tell you? And he says, I don't know. I'd wish I'd listened. I wasn't (laughs) listening. Duh. Okay. One, one other one was um, it was uh, at um, Magathea where they said, we demand rigidly defined areas of doubt and uncertainty. Mm. (laughs) Okay, so I've got I've got this one that I pulled out of chapter twelve here. This is uh, when they're describing Zaphod Beeblebrox for the first time here. It was in chapter twelve. Yeah. Well, this is not when they're talking. This is once they've gotten onto the ship. Okay. But he hasn't quite gotten there yet. Hmm. But this is this this is kind of first interlude between Zaphod and Trillian that we okay. see. Says. Uh, this this is actually this comes off of he's listening to the news to hear about news of himself after he's stolen the heart of gold here. That so is total this is, Donald Trump. This is, this is just pulled out of that news segment. Uh, Beeblebrox, the man who invented the pan-galactic blaster, ex-confidence trickster, once described by eccentric galumbits, uh, galumbits as the best bang since the big one, and recently voted the worst dressed sentient being in the known universe for the seventh time. <laughs> and so I wrote down Donald Trump may be ZB's meat suit. Oh, I'm so, sorry. I stole your punchline. You did steal my little punchline. My there. bad. But that's okay. And well, although he did actually develop a little bit as a character, and that's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm referring to ZB. Uh, and so here's, here's another one here that just said. One of the major difficulties Trillian experienced in her relationship with Zaphod was learning to distinguish him between him pretending to be stupid just to get people off their guard, pretending to be stupid because he just couldn't be bothered to think and wanted someone else to do it for him. I do that. Pretending to be outrageously stupid to hide the fact that he actually didn't understand what's going on and really being genuinely stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and so my 
my note on this just says Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you though, I do do that uh, where the where he just doesn't want to be bothered to think about it. I respond a lot with, I don't know, you know. I just do you remember a couple like, episodes ha- back where we decided we're actually the that the dickhead husbands? Yeah, that's a dickhead husband move. <laughs> yeah, well, You're like, oh, I just totally fucked this up so hardcore. No one will ever ask me to do it again. Yes. Yeah, yeah, my husband's mastered that, but uh, he's he doesn't he. he swears he doesn't do it on purpose but i'm like really Mine doesn't so but Any, I, anywho i may but like <laughs> you know honestly though like how long does it t- should i cook this whatever thing for in the microwave and i'm like whatever it says on the goddamn box well i mean i'm assuming he's not referring to something that's written on the box because that no, would be is, really bullshit. this is what i get from one of the men who lives in my household that is not my husband uh how long do i do insert stupid thing written on box in your hand this for well i don't know maybe look on the box in your hand with the information so i have to walk across the room and show them take the box no i have to take the box read it and then go ta-da okay Uh, one of the one of the men i live with (laughs) (laughs) So where are we trying? Are there more? <laughs> where are they? No. Auto. Um, well, it's totally auto. So, so we're driving. Okay. He's driving the car and we have to go get gas. And every single time he says, what side is it on? I don't actually have this memorized because there's that little arrow little thing arrow. on oh the my goddamn gas. Wait, hold on. This is, this keeps going on the goddamn uh, arrow thing, right? On the, um, Mm-hmm. You know the icon that tells you where your goddamn gas cap is. You just Most have to. Most people don't know that's a thing. Yeah, I know. I've heard that. It changed my life when I realized that <laughs> was a thing because when you're driving rental cars, oh yeah, you're just like they didn't start doing that until the 2000s. I'm positive. I think so. Yeah, but been uh, on a lot of those. Yeah. Lifetimes. So I tell him, I don't know. You have to look down on it. He says the man that te- that looks at his phone while he's driving. I can't look down to the dashboard for one second while I'm driving. Shouldn't but we be checking that every 10 seconds anyway? God, don't get me started. So it's like, okay, so I just had to pull the phone out of your hand, <laughs> but the glance down. It's dangerous. Is, it's it was dangerous, too dangerous Heather. for you, you to do. So I have to lean all the way from the passenger side over to the driver's side and go left. You know, <laughs> so I can see the thing, you know, anyway. Long story. Okay, now tell me your story. No, that was basically my story. Was was that, that they, they just I didn't out. know that that was a thing. I, I mean, it's, I it's, had a car. I drove the same car. I drove my first car for twelve years, right? So then I got a new car, and it takes you a little while to learn where these things. And then I drove that car for like ten years. So I don't even know if I've been driving that long, but whatever, you know what I mean. Like I've drove it for a, a period, a long period of time, and. Uh, then I read this life hack that said, there's a little arrow under the gas gauge on your dashboard that points to which side the gas cap is on. I'm like, fucking genius. But see, I think you might be right that they couldn't have had this until they, at least the 90s or yeah, beyond. It had Because if you remember, when we were growing up, a lot of old like sedan cars, like the Cadillacs and some of those... The gas tank was behind the freaking uh, license plate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is, remember that? That was weird. Yeah. I yeah, know you don't want to get rear-ended in those. Ew. But um, I, 
uh, I'd actually use like a mnemonic device. Now, my so my car before the most recent car, the last car I had, I'm sorry, did not have it, and that was a 2002. Mm. Okay, and uh, and so, but after that, they all had them. Yeah. However, I would do some little mnemonic device, like so you know the gas little gas icon. Okay, mm-hmm. so I would say when I found out what side it was on. I would say, okay, remember that whatever the side, like the little hook on, you know, the little rope part of the gas icon is, that would be my side. Now, if it wasn't on that side, it was on the other side, whatever the gas thing would be pointing to, <laughs> I would do some kind of thing like that in my head. To tell I just me remember it. it after, you know, six months of driving it. it. I never remembered it. <laughs> okay. I may have a tumor. Yeah. I had to write, I had to look down. Yeah. Well, at least you got that. So, okay. Do we have... Oh, do you want to talk about our period panties? Okay. So, I don't know what we're talking about them. Uh, it's not a... It's not <laughs> Producer a the, Craig just it's like not stopped and turned week. around. It's a thing you don't get, the period I panties. I don't get them. I don't get them necessarily for me because there's a lot of logistical stuff that goes on in a period that I don't know that I want sitting in my underwear all day, nor because apparently... <laughs> okay. These think panties or whatever they're called, they will hold like two tampons worth of a whatever. I, there, that's not a lot. That's not it's enough really, to get me through the day. That's, that's not for goddamn get me through sure. the day. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if you are, you know, going to the office, these might be a great pair of like backup panties. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes when you're having a real, real heavy, yeah. we have lost every guy on this show. Oh, I know they're gonna. But be you know what? They them. loved our flapper underwear. So keep on listening, boys. I know, um, but this, this, this is really diving into an area they well, don't want to know. This, this is okay. So you don't need to know that. But what you need to know is they're washable. These are things that are reusable. So mm-hmm. that is good for the environment because there's a lot. How long do you think it would take them to dry since they absorb that much liquid? Well, I guess you have to throw them in the dryer. If you oh, no, dryer. it said not to. I read that. Oh, really? Yeah. But I, then I don't know. So I assume until you need them again. So you probably have to have at least two pair, maybe more. I don't know. But that, what I'm saying, it is a problem right now. But things always get cheaper as, as time goes on because that's just math and supply and demand. But what I'm thinking, because there is a huge problem with um so you okay think about this girls in africa yeah once a week or once a month get kicked out of school get kicked out of their house get sent to the freaking hut at the end of the village to go bleed and they they lose out they lose out on a lot in life they lose out on their education they're losing out on a lot of these things and they've been doing a lot to try to get feminine products to Africa to get feminine products. So these girls can still learn. They don't get kicked out of the village. And, mm-hmm. But also think about our homeless population. Oh, yeah. You know, I'd ne- I I saw a documentary or something on this not too long ago, and I was like blown away that I, at, you know, 39, 40 years old, had never thought even one minute about what does a homeless woman do when she's on her period. Yeah. I never thought about it. And watching this this little documentary or series that I saw on it, it just broke my heart to yeah. see how they're having to spend you know money on food to go to buy tampons and do other things because people don't donate that stuff. You know they yeah, donate socks yeah. and they donate all this other stuff, but they don't think about that and how you know they said, look, we we don't want to feel unclean, we, yeah. you know, and they're in restrooms, they're making tampons out of pads because pads are a lot cheaper. Yeah, they put a big tax on feminine products. Uh, yeah, there was a big tax on feminine that pink, products. That pink tax that we're always talking yeah. about. And so, if you think about these, this underwear is is revolutionary. Reuse, yeah, because it can for be reused. These people who can wash it out, 
you know, because they're mm -hmm. in there washing things anyway. And if they find a public restroom where they can, they can wash them out. They can reuse them. It's not something that's inside. It's not going to get toxic. You're not going to mm -hmm. get sick. I just, I think they are an amazing product. I'm a little bit obsessed with the idea of like distributing these around. I, I can't afford to do it because yeah, they're, they're expensive. They're right really now, expensive. But. And I would feel better if they were like Tom's shoes. Where yeah, if well, every time I bought a pair, if I bought a pair and they and would it donate give them a pair, to, that'd be amazing. the price seems about right then at that point. But right now, yeah. if you wanted to have enough to handle a period, you would be investing in, in like, what is it? Thir assuming you're only going to do one a day. Okay. Mm. So that's, and so that's th a backup pair. Right so, there. yeah, and I mean, so you want to have, <coughs> you need at least four days worth. Yeah. And they're 35 bucks a piece. So they'd be $140. Now, I don't think I spent $140 on pads and tampons. Not in a year. No. Yeah, not in a year. But, but I was also thinking about the amount of money that you do spend in a year. And I think it comes out to about $100 for the average person. Prob I probably. Think that, I think they've done studies on this at the homeless yeah, people shelter things. I, I wouldn't mind trying them out, but I just... See, I don't, I've I don't I've really liked, want I've, them for me. I... I you I've know, gotten God to the website. I can right now afford to buy these things. Mm -hmm. I somehow want to get these things distributed to the people who can't afford it or who, you know, it's affecting their lives not having this type of product. Yeah. They, they intrigue me. And so, but man, the price point is really high right now. So, yeah. Anyway, I, but, but I think there's a couple of different companies out there that are working I on these. I don't think it's, so. I've seen at least two. And oh, I really? can't remember the name of the other one. Because if they didn't patent this shit, to, they've lost their damn mind. Well, uh, but again, you can change a patent, just change just a, a yeah, design just, a just little, enough little. to beat the patent. So people yeah. do that all the time. Yeah. Um, but I it don't also know. could still just but be But then it was pending. like, oh, and then they had the th the thong one. I'm like, okay, I'm Some sorry. Those, I'm like, that ain't going to happen. Nobody's no. ever going to need a thong if, if that has it. Like, they don't make thong well, where, panty where uh, panty liners. Where is it absorbing? Yeah. It's not my a, question because the thong takes away that everything. whole area that you need for absorption because be it doesn't come out of your belly button. Yeah. So the thong sorry, boys. goes up is uh goes up crevices right yeah it does not stay outside of crevices no so at that point i don't, understand, I don't that. understand how it works no yeah you know but i also i saw that another company is making uh pee proof underwear so for not not like for like like not like a, a lot of people who's incontinent like fully, yeah yeah like a lot of people that people have, who have the bladder suspension or issues where when you laugh or you sneeze or you've had babies and now it, you that's the, after the baby. Like I will yeah. tell you, I have not had a baby, but when I get sick, like I just got over the flu a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago and I had this horrible cough. No, do not cough with a full bladder. Like do not keep your bladder full. You have, when you are sick and you are coughing or sneezing or doing whatever, and you are a woman, I don't know if this happens to men. I don't, I really don't. Um, but as we, I don't know, I don't as, know. I, I've never noticed but, this. But <laughs> as as women, a lot of women, especially as you get older, you know, yeah. your muscles get weaker and things. Unless you're just a weirdo kegel machine, I'm just not a weirdo kegel machine. So it happens. And, and but it's like you sneeze too hard, you cough too hard. You I, have got to keep that. It's just a tip of the week. Keep your bladder empty when you're sick, or when you go to a comedy show. Yeah, I I've had laughing, laughing, oh, laughing laugh pee. 
So, and, and but usually, but usually, usually, I'm laughing so hard I can't get to the bathroom. Yeah, it's, my it's actually a Golden Girls quote. Sophia yeah. said, "I laughed till I peed, and then I laughed because I peed." Which is kind of true. All oh, right. by the way, Golden Girls is uh, the entire run, all 180 or oh, 81 yeah. episodes are now available on Hulu. Yep. So, so that I watched we- the first uh, first one and a half seasons. So. Yeah, I don't have Hulu. They have not busted out the cheesecake yet well it was so funny like i'm watching i'm like i said i'm so i'm first i I finished the first episode they did try to eat a chocolate cake but they didn't actually eat it and now i'm four or five episodes into the second season still no cheesecake so i need to now i'm interested in figuring out where the cheesecake hit because you just think that it was there and it was in every episode but it wasn't so yeah it was pretty common uh Pretty common theme. So yeah, when did it pick up? Huh? Mm-hmm. So did you have any other? Did you have any out of context quotes? I do. I have an out of context and an in, in context. Which one okay. would you like first? In. Okay. So this is part of our campaign to get Felicia Day on the Nerdy Bitches podcast. Yes. Bring us Felicia. Okay. That is. This we're gonna come up with a better hashtag. This is. Yeah, we're gonna. Help us come up with a hashtag yeah. to get Felicia Day on the Nerdy Bitches podcast. Exactly, because she is coming to Houston. She'll be here for Comic Palooza in May, and she would be the world's most amazing guest on our show because we a couple love- reasons. One, we love her. Yeah. Two, she's totally a nerdy bitch, and yeah. we're down with that. And three, our friend of the show, Lainey, we love you, Lainey, uh, will totally have to be here for that one yeah, because she, she is the spitting fucking image of Felicia. They are Day. like doppelgangers. They are. And she's seen her several times. Like I've seen videos of it. Mm-hmm. And it's so cute because she always wears something really obscure. Yeah. That only like Felicia would get. Like, I, like She wears a lot of she, she wears a lot of uh, obscure <laughs> ones. And I'm like, I'm well, out. She does. I'm, she gets the ones from Eureka and some of these other like. Yeah, I loved her in Eureka. You know, yeah. Or she I think she had the. Uh, the dress from Dr. Horrible's yeah. sing-along mm-hmm. blog on at one point. So, you know, she does really hardcore, like, deep cover cosplay Felicia yeah. Day when she goes to signings and stuff. And so since she's going to be here, we really want to get her on the show. So I would love to have her on the show. We've got to help this if anybody's so, got a connection. Yeah. I don't care how weak the connection is. Yeah. So... Honestly, I'm I'm gonna we're gonna be I'll pushing you a button. That. You help yeah. to get her on the show. We'll get you a button. We're gonna be pushing this. So if you guys can um, help retweet, tag, flat, you know, do whatever you can to get her on this show. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the reason why it's an in context is because it's her review of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Woo! from Goodreads. This is what it says. What can I say? I wish I'd been in the movie. Although it was bad, then I guess I should be happy about not being in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So she did a five-star review of the book, not mm-hmm. of the movie. Right. Oh, the, movie, <laughs> the movie is not good. Okay. It's, it's, there are entertaining moments, mostly because of who was cast in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise. Meh. I liked it. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your out of context? Okay. Out of context. Internet comment of the day. But I hear space is not a good place to raise your kids. In fact, it's cold as hell. (laughs) (laughs) That was an internet comment. So I just, uh, it just cracked me up. That's that's usually what makes it an out of the context internet Mm -hmm. comment is if I start laughing. It it makes the cut. (laughs) Our standards are fairly low. So um, we haven't picked out our next book club book yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So send us your ideas. I have one. So. it's an obscure one, so we'll check it out and see. We'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll talk about it. See if it's going to be one that anyone's interested in. 
And um, I think that's it for this episode. I think that's it for this episode. We have uh, some great stuff coming up, including a uh, Ask the Nerdy Bitches question and answer segment. Okay. Not even a segment. It's a whole show. So come back yeah. for that one. All right. See you guys next time. Music provided by www.bensound.com, and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. Our currency would be tampons. <laughs>